Whatever I look at through the magnifying glass grows bigger. It is up to me where I focus that lens. So let's talk about what do I magnify? At the beginning of this year, you will remember that I mentioned that my focus for the year was what I focus on expands. And we talked about that earlier, had a a whole podcast episode on that. So today's discussion is going to be a little bit different. And we're talking about magnifying. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Today is a space to ask yourself, what do I magnify? So the way that you determine that is, you know, what is really big in my life right now? And I think this topic is so important because it's the very power that we're creating our stories with. So when we can pay attention to what we're magnifying and realizing that what is really big for us is what we're magnifying, then we can we can shift that if we want to. For example, if I'm focusing on all the crazy political upheaval, then I am going to be maybe filled with emotions that this brings up in me. Maybe I'll be full of fear or I'll be spreading stories of fear with others or spending lots of time hoarding TP or something, you know, whatever, whatever that political space brings up in you. So if that's a really big thing for you, you know, you're focusing on that. And if I'm focused on the good that I see in other people, then the world is going to feel pretty nice and I'll see the beauty and the diversity and that naturally creates friendships and understanding between people, creates a greater space for loving. And so if I'm focused there, I'm going to see more of that. Well, in order to really jazz up this topic, you're not just hearing from me today, I've invited Jessica Burrell, owner of Amplify Your Vision to have a discussion with me about the topic. And I'm super excited to introduce her because she is going to be co-hosting with me off and on throughout 2022. So you'll get to tap in to her wisdom. So Jessica, she is a leadership and transformational business coach. And like I said, the owner of Amplify Your Vision Agency. And I got to know her last year in a coaching capacity. And I'm super excited to share her with you. So what she does is she supports visionary entrepreneurs and community leaders in creating client attraction and community and scaling their strategies and removing mindset blocks. So she's going to be doing that with us too. So ultimately she helps us create sustainable strategy for our businesses, implements proven systems and processes and helps us take action. So she's going to be a fabulous resource. Jessica, welcome to the show. Oh, Lori, whoop, whoop. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I don't even know that I should say welcome to the show since we're like co-hosting. <laughs> you should just be here. Yes. Oh my, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the beautiful introduction. And I really love that story that you shared. And I think there's, the, speaking of wisdom, there's so much power and wisdom in all of the words that you just shared with us. So thank you. Mm, thank you. So 
what I'm going to do, and I haven't even told you this yet, Jess, but I want to start. I've been reading this book called Be the Miracle. It's by Regina Brett, and she's a New York Times bestselling author. But she just has this really great chapter in here called Magnify the Good. Mm-hmm. And so it starts out with the story. And since you know we're all about story, I thought I would redo a, a little bit of this, and then we can kind of discuss the concept. Okay? Perfect. Love it. Yes. Okay. So... They carry the labels the world gives them, bum, loser, ex-con, alcoholic, prostitute, until they meet Larry Petrus and discover those labels are all wrong. Few people who walk through the doors of the Westside Catholic Center in Cleveland make a good impression. They lead with their anger. They mumble requests for money. They smell of last night's wild Irish rose. They wear clothes that haven't been washed in weeks. Larry, who was 76 when I met him, didn't see any of that when he volunteered at the Cleveland Agency on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. Larry doesn't have 20-20 vision when it comes to the poor. He doesn't see the grime and the failure and the shame. He slides a pair of bifocals over his sea gray eyes, and there he is face to face with God's own sons and daughters. I go from what God thinks of them, he said. God does not regret any of his creations. When he started volunteering more than 10 years ago, he sorted clothes. And then one day, someone asked for help writing a resume. Pretty soon, everyone was asking him to write because he would look at them differently. He would see them differently. He could visualize and write out something that made them bigger and better than we were. He doesn't sit down to collect the history of the jobs that are held and the dates that people worked. He digs deeper. He asks, what did you accomplish there? What are your dreams? What are your hopes? What are your hobbies? There's always something hidden in their life that no one ever asks, he says. And Larry never delves into why or how they ended up poor. Society makes them feel guilty enough, he said. He listens as reverently as a priest to anything they feel the need to confide and offer absolution in every hug. So this goes on and on, and it tells more of his story. And it's talking about how he finds the hidden worth in every lost soul who walks through that door because he's trained himself to see it. And it says, when you look for the good in everyone, you not only find the good, but you're magnifying the good, helping not only them to see themselves, but the energy that they put out in the world. Jess, what do you think about this? Oh my gosh, so many thoughts. Like when you focus on the good, you 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 see more of it. And and to that point, I think it's like I could look at somebody, I could look at myself and see something good. And then the more I focus on the good in others or in myself the easier it is to start to see the good in other people too. So I don't even think it's necessarily an individual thing. It's a complete mindset where you think, well, if I start to see the good in this, it's going to be a lot easier to see the good in other things. And I also think it's a muscle. It's a muscle too. So mm-hmm. like if, if you're not used to, let's say it's a new practice for you. It's a practice for a reason. And I, I think about the, the, the mental gym that we go into and say, when I start to lift those weights of look, seeing the good and choosing, it's a choice, choosing to see the good. And I can keep flexing that muscle and lifting those weights. You know, I love that because I think it's absolutely true. I think that 
we are creatures of habit and our habits Mm -hmm. really determine our experience and our character. So the learning to do any particular thing by doing it over and over and over, like you say, creates, creates that muscle. And I feel like as we're talking about magnifying that there's two different things here and maybe they're the same thing, but we talk about magnifying as um, you know, what I focus on expands, you, you know, the, the experiences that I shared earlier, but then I think there's also this idea of, and tell me if this is the same thing to you, Jess, but the next line as you know, the, in this book is talking about how when Mary, the mother of Christ, um, found out that she was pregnant, she said, my soul doth magnify, and we are with magnify the Lord. And if your soul has a habit of magnifying something, I mean, what, what does that mean, right? Like if you're magnifying the Lord, and this isn't, you know, necessarily a religious podcast, but, you know, we're, we're using this religious quote of, what do I magnify? Am I magnifying the good? Am I magnifying the Lord? It, if all of her time was spent, you know, saying, I, my soul magnifies the Lord, what does that mean? Mm. Mm. It's, for me, what comes up right away is it's not just the actions, like I said earlier, of, okay, so I'm going to find the good in this one person, or I'm going to find the good in multiple people. But it's like, I'm also being the example of, seeing the good in people. So it's not even just the fact that I'm doing it. It's the fact that if I lead by example in my actions and how I'm showing up and moving through this world, other people will start to see it. And they'll, they'll say, that's what I want. I want that. I'm guessing peace. <laughs> you know, I, because uh, when I see people who see the good, I just see peace. I see calm. I see groundedness. I see those things. Freedom. Freedom's a big word for me, Lori. And it's probably my biggest word. I'm like, that's why I'm always seeking freedom. So I'm more like, when, where do I see these things in other people? And when they are being that example, I'm inspired to rise to the occasion. What do you think about the law of attraction? And, you know, because I, I, what we create, we draw more, you know, like karma, let's say, right? Like, so if we're magnifying goodness around us, I think not only have we trained that muscle to see the goodness better, but then I think we naturally even attract more goodness. Yes, completely. And the thing that my favorite thought or quote or principle of the law of attraction is every subject is actually like a coin with two sides. And one side it's what's wanted and the other side is the lack of what's wanted. So we can focus our attention. I think money is a really simple example to use this for us. People are like, but I think about money all the time. Why don't I have more of it? And I think, well, if you're thinking about the lack of money, that's the attraction point versus the law of attraction that says I have, I'm abundant financially. I'm abundant in the things that I have. And if you're looking at it from that side of the law of the coin, you'll see more abundance in your life from that, from that perspective. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, maybe your bank account is, is low, but I don't think it's about lying to yourself. I think it's about stopping to see where the abundance is and focusing Mm -hmm. on that abundance in order to create more abundance of different kinds, you know? So I would say like in my life, when I'm doing my gratitude prayers, you know, thank you for the joyful abundance in my life today. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not just thinking, you know, thank you for what money comes into my life today. I'm thinking about 
you know, thank you that I get to take my dog on this walk and see this beautiful blue sky and these, you know, these great leaves and that I have this opportunity for exercise and that, you know, I had interactions with five really great friends today. And I had that good book that just was fantastic. And my favorite cup of tea or, you know, all those things to me are abundance. Yeah, no. And I think, I think that's just it. Like, and I could look at $10 in my bank account and feel abundant. I could choose to feel abundant about it, or I could choose to feel not abundant and feel scarce about it. I think, I think the one word I, I actually wrote down when you were sharing those passages was, was perspective also mm. and going like, what is the, the lens or the filter of perspective that we put on those things? Cause that day you just described, you could say, Oh, I had to take my dog for a walk. And I was really busy and my friends were calling me and I, uh, I, I didn't have milk for my favorite tea. Like <laughs> you could take this, your same abundant, beautiful day. Yes, and you could. Look at the lack inside of it. Absolutely. No, that's, that's really well said. like some examples like how are you proving yourself right let's talk about that <laughs> that's like my favorite I love this thank you for saying that because <laughs> I love the brain I wish <laughs> I am by no way no way shape or form any any type of scientist I just love the human brain and I find humans really interesting and fascinating and our brains are primitive and what they do is they just collect evidence all the time so and our brain's job is to prove us right. So I will say, I, um, <laughs> this is actually a real example. So today, um, my daughter had her dad pick her up at the train station, except I was supposed to pick her up at the train station, which is half an hour away from my house. And so both her dad and I drove to the train station. <laughs> so I, I said, oh, I could say, oh my God, my daughter is so irresponsible. And then my brain would say, because its job is to prove me right, and my brain would say, you're right, Jessica. She is really irresponsible. Here's lots of examples <laughs> where your 15-year-old daughter is irresponsible, and it'll stack evidence to prove that I'm right about it. Or I can you know, flex into a different thought and say, oh, my daughter is really loved because both her dad and I chose to go pick her up. <laughs> and, and then I could say, okay, brain. And my brain will say, yeah, your she is very loved. And I could think of lots of examples where that's true too. You know, and, and I could have got mad and I could have got frustrated because be like, I drove there because I loved her and her dad drove there because he loved her. And then, you know, how my brain will just start to create more evidence of what I want it to think. See, we're so, back to perspective, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. So there's there is this activity that I do when I'm doing public speaking, and um, and I love it when we do it because we can do it over and over and over, and it's always fresh. So mm-hmm. you you spend the first minute, everybody just has a minute, and you have a partner, and you tell them what you're grateful for. Not no, excuse me, you tell them what you have to do the next day right? So I have to do the dishes and I have to walk my dog and I have to do my homework and I have to do this. And then when you're done with that, you start the timer again, only you say, I get to. So I get mm-hmm. to walk the dog. I get to do dishes. I get to. And just by changing that word, it changes the feeling that it creates inside of you. Like it's amazing what that one word shift will do. 
And then when you're done with that, you go back and, hey, try this at home, really, <laughs> like with yourself. It would be real. amazing. You do it again. You start the timer again and you say, I am blessed to. I am blessed to do the dishes. I am, I am blessed that I have dishes to do. I am blessed that I have my beloved little dog to walk. I am blessed that I get to get out and have some exercise. I am blessed that I have the opportunity for an education and I have homework to do. I am blessed that I get to pay these utility bills because it means I have heat in my house. Yeah. You know, and all of that just comes back to perspective and how whatever you are focusing on will expand for you. But then what do you think about the difference between focusing on and magnifying? Do you think there's a difference? Because they feel slightly different to me. Hmm. Well, and I, I agree. I think the the magnification is the product of the focus. So I think like the focus is what we're going to cr- do with our brain. We're going to say, I mean, and I'm like, I'm just going to be for real for a moment and say, I'm a girl who gets distracted really easily. And I have lots of shiny object syndrome. So focus can be hard for me sometimes. So that I notice if my focus is scattered, if I have a split focus, I have split everything like split results. I'm distracted. I feel like I'm all over the place. If you could see me, my hands are flailing about. That's how, that's how it makes me feel. (laughs) But when I have clear focus, I can pour my focus attention into something and it's going like, I, you know, it's going to just create that energy. And the thing I'm focusing on is what creates that expansion. I think. Does that, does that make sense? My brain there. And you're right. (laughs) You're right. I'm just Yeah, that's what it is. You're focusing on something. You're putting that magnifying glass over that thing Mm. and then it is being magnified. So, Mm. so there is, I guess there's also another split where it becomes big to me, but it also becomes big in the world. If your soul Mm -hmm. is magnifying God, then not only does God become big for you, but I think your actions are making it big to the rest of the world. And you kind of already said that, didn't you? It's, I love saying things in different ways because it's your voice and my voice are, are, are going to say it differently and people are going to hear them differently through, through either of us. Maybe I say things one way, you're going to say a similar thing in a different way, but people will hear them different. And sometimes it just lands differently. So I think there's a ton of value. I mean, repetition is the mother of learning. And uh, I repeat good, myself. Good point. <laughs> yeah, no, good point. And And you know what? I think, too, there's another side of this where, you know, we're talking about attitude and we're talking about positivity and abundance Mm -hmm. and, you know, creating that that peace and that attraction of things we want. But, you know, I think you brought up business and it made me think, you know, if if what I'm focusing on is business, let's say I have a business project, right? You help coach people in creating bigger, better businesses and overcoming their fear and their mindsets. And, and if that's what my focus is on at a particular time, that is again, what I'm going to magnify. I'm going to magnify opportunities. I'm going to magnify ideas. I'm going to have those things expand in front of me. I notice when I am really focused on the podcast and I, you know, I'm setting up guests and I'm coming up with ideas and I'm writing episodes that more and more flows. Mm -hmm. Like it's super, super interesting because all of a sudden I'll get press releases and I'll get people from LinkedIn that are saying, you know, I have somebody for you to interview. And, and before where it was kind of like just a dry trough, cause I wasn't needing to focus on it for a month or something. 
that's fascinating, actually, that you, you know, once you put the focus, once you kind of open the door and the space is there, the energy just starts attracting that kind of thing. So I think there's something to be said for if you're in a business mindset, if that's something that you want to expand, then being able to magnify that and in a way that aligns with, you know, who you are and what you want, you know, that's the step also to being able to create that as a bigger, more vibrant thing in your life. I mean, that seems obvious, right? But, but I think when we're looking, look at your life right now, listeners, look at your life. What is really big for you? And if it's something that's negative or something that's really hard, I would encourage you to take a minute and think, how can I shift what I'm focusing on here? And maybe that shift is just, how do I shift this focus so that I can find what I could learn out of this situation? Or how do I shift my focus so that instead of maybe a sadness that's prevailing, I'm looking for the magic you know, in my day, sometimes it's just little steps or little adjustments, but truly the first thing to do is to take stock of where you're at, you know, what has come into your life, what you're magnifying right now, and then ask yourself if that's what you want to magnify. And ask yourself, which side of that coin am I thinking about? Am I thinking about the side of the coin of what I want or the side of the coin of what I don't want? Because sometimes when something's big like that, Lori, and we can think about it and go, oh, but I don't want this. I don't want it. I don't want it. And we're really pulling that prayer of what we don't want or the worry prayer. And like, we're, we're praying for like worrying is like a prayer that we don't want something. Right. So noticing the thoughts about the big thing that we have. Okay, so let me run this by you. Yeah. My mom had breast cancer a few years ago and I watched her go through chemo and radiation and she survived, but it was really horrible watching yes. like what it did to her. And and knowing the odds that like one in three people get cancer, like I just refuse to think about it. I don't want it in my mind at all because I don't I don't want to, <laughs> you know, anything I can do yes. not to attract it. But I but I do know in my gut that there's a fear of if I, you know, if you were to get cancer, just how horrible that would be. And I do have a son that has leukemia. So, you know, that's something you watch the ravages of that disease. And so what's the approach you take to be mentally healthy with something like that when it really does stem from legitimate fear? Yeah. Well, I know, you know, my mom just died of cancer in July and we, she was diagnosed in May Wow. and yeah, it was really, really fast. May, sorry. March, got my M months wrong. Yeah, so March to July was four months, um, almost to the day. And this is the thing that I was working through the entire time, personally and with my family, and saying like, "How do you?" This is this was kind of our family motto: hope for the best, but also be prepared for the worst. And it was really about going like, "How do we take it day by day?" Like truly, when that motto one day at a time and say like, how do we make the most of today? Because the diagnosis was terminal as soon as we got it. And so, and it's hereditary. So that's definitely something I personally, I'm like working my own mindset about to going like, okay, like I can be prepared for this and I can just live my life and live my life to the fullest and use 
for me, what I'm trying, like, I'm still trying. So I was like, I'm committed. I don't usually use the word try. I usually say I'm committed or I'm not committed, but I'm trying (laughs) going, you know, how do I live my life to the fullest and let like my mom's legacy live through me in the best way that I possibly can. And like, love my life and love my family and do those things and work on myself so that I can lead a life. I'll say worth living like a life that lights me up and creates freedom for me. And I know that didn't, I feel like that didn't totally answer, your question, but I also well, look at it to say, how do, how am I creating that anyway, in spite of it and saying like, it's possible I will get the same cancer that my mom had. Yeah. Okay. So I get, I get what you're saying. So you, you say that's possibility. So I'm just going to live, you know, the best possible way that I want in case that outcome happens, but how do you shift your thoughts on a daily basis? So that when that, you know, thought pops into your head, Mm. you know, what, how do you reframe that? Or, you know, what, I guess for starters, you wouldn't magnify it. You would just not, not spend time thinking about cancer, right? (sighs) I love this question. So thank you for asking. And this has been a practice that I've been working on because I like to think I'm a, um, like a master shifter of my mind. I'm a mind ninja. <laughs> hey, more power to you. <laughs> and I would get stuck sometimes in like a, a thought or a feeling, an emotion that felt was low, low vibration as it were. And what would happen is if I was pushing it and res- actively resisting it, it w- it was like I was focusing on it. Mm, okay. Yeah. So if it, let's say grief, well, I've obviously been dealing with a lot of grief. So grief comes up, I get like a memory comes up. I grief starts to, to bubble up inside of me and I start focusing on my grief. It mag- my, guess what happened? My grief actually magnifies. Sure. And it, it also sticks with me longer. So that feeling that I don't want, if I'm focused on it, I, it gets bigger. So what I've been practicing is going like, how do I allow grief to kind of flow through me, but not, not set up shop and camp <laughs> because we was like, let it flow. So for me, and, and I think everyone's different. I would say, okay, like what feel, what will work for me? Do I just need to cancel my day and just cry for two hours? <laughs> then I do it. Like I, I just, I allow it instead of resisting it. And so I just, I'm glad you bring that up though, because I, I I don't want there to be any confusion where we ignore important emotions or bury things because we're so focused on focusing Mm -hmm. on something, you know, on, on trying to make it be good when it's not good. I think that the acceptance of what is and the flow you have to feel right. Like feeling, feeling is part of being human and you want Mm -hmm. that experience. But like you say, you can let it flow through you and allow it to be what it is. And, you know, accept the, the pain and the difficulty and the heartbreak for a while, but not hold on to it, not stay focused, not keep magnifying that negative emotion, but letting it flow through and shifting, shifting your magnification onto something magic. movie Inside Out, Lori, the Pixar movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a few yeah. years when it first came out, but yeah. It's the one where they all are different emotions, right? Yes. Yeah, so joy, sadness, fear, disgust, 
um, some, and there's one I'm missing, anger. <laughs> and that's a big one. Anyway, that's a big one. And <laughs> their their memories are globes, are like little shiny balls, and the memories are different colors based on on the feelings. So like, watch the movie; it's so good if you haven't seen it. What happens is the memories become joy and sadness. Sometimes the memories aren't just one color; they're two colors, and one mm. it could be joy and sadness. And so I think about that a lot. And I think we can allow, we can be joyful and it'd be bittersweet. We can have something happen in our life that, so when I'm in my grief, there's joy in there. Mm. So I just want like, so even though I'm sad or I'm crying, I also take a moment in my grief to say, this was beautiful. This was joyful. I'm so grateful that this, I have this memory and I'm, Mm. I'm so lucky. And it was, so I find I actively to your point and you've said it now, like just finding this magic in it because there's so much if I choose to look for it. See, you can look at a memory of a loved one. I just had a very dear aunt who was also, you know, almost a pseudo mother to me for, you know, Mm -hmm. for years as I was growing up, I lived with her a little bit when I was in high school and, and when she passed away, I just sat at her funeral and you know, looked at the photos and everything and just sobbed and sobbed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Her family was looking at me like I was overkill, but I was just, you know, you could hold on to something like that and just feel the loss. But at the same time, the remembering the beauty of that person, right. And the beauty of Mm -hmm. the event or, you know, the things that she created or that's, that's a really prime example of, of that, of feeling loss and feeling joy at the same time. And again, then it comes back to, do I stay there magnifying the loss or do I magnify the joy and the beauty of her life? Right. There's always that option. Yeah, exactly. And I noticed when I'm really actively looking at the joy, I, the grief flows that much faster. And I start to I think of them as thought trains and the thought train of joy starts to pick up speed in that direction. Hmm. And that's what will magnify it too. Yeah. Nice. Well, we are just about out of time. What other thoughts or what kinds of advices, advice, advices, <laughs> multiple advice do you, do you give to clients about this particular topic? I think that's the, it's that this is all choice you know, and when we start to think about, like you said, it so beautifully, like when we think about the big things that are happening in our lives, we get to take a pause and say, how am I thinking about this? So that's definitely, we'll do, we'll assess like different life areas and say, what are you feeling good about? What do you, what do, what do you feel like you want to be making improvements or some big obstacles that you're having? And we start to unpack what thoughts are we having about them? You know, Mindset is such a powerful tool when we start to really recognize it. And so what I will have my clients do is start to think of what are the thoughts I'm thinking every day and are the thoughts that we think every day are beliefs. Beliefs are just thoughts we keep thinking. So what are our belief systems around these things and start to understand what evidence am I building to support my thoughts? So if I think, if the, the side of the coin that's flipped up is what I don't want, all the evidence I'm creating is about everything I don't want. And then if we, all we have to do is, I don't know, I'm a little bit of a physical person. Sometimes I'm like, I just shake, shake out. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I will stop. I will try to interrupt the thought pattern. 
and then flip that coin over and say, okay, let's think about what is wanted here. Mm. And then practice. And it's a practice. It's that mind gym, that mind gym muscle that we're flexing. How do I start stacking evidence for the side of the coin that I want? I think that that whole mind gem metaphor, like is a super good one. Like we could go with that topic after topic after topic, because I think our biggest war, our battle through all of life is always in our head. Even if it's us dealing with other people, it's about what perspective are we choosing about other people? Have I given them the benefit of the doubt? Am I choosing to forgive? Am I, you know, how angry am I letting myself be? What's, you know, it, it, everything always starts and ends in our own minds. So, you know, taking your mind to the gym is a really good thing to, to do. We do our, our mental aerobics today. <laughs> Absolutely. Jess, if people want to get a hold of you to work with you for any type of coaching or help, where do they find you? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, Jessica at amplifyyourvision.com and shoot me a note and I'm happy. I respond to those emails and I would love to hear. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. That'll tie it up for today on magnifying and Tune in to all of the episodes so you don't miss any of the other ones. She's going to be on four or five times coming up in the next year. We've we've got some great plans for co-hosting and, and discussion and sharing ideas. So we'll be back. If you want to magnify light, let's say, What that means is that everything you focus on, that lens that you're putting out there will find the light in all the things around you. Why do thoughts create reality? There are a couple angles to this and we just talked about a bunch of them, but it also triggers an emotion and this triggers a body reaction, which drives us to act in a certain way. So this thought pattern creates kind of a mental circuit in our brains, and then we repeat it and repeat it, and it becomes this subconscious behavioral pattern that runs on automation. This is how your thoughts shape your reality. Like it it literally becomes the way that you see things and approach things. It's also this, just the simple thing, you know, you buy a white Subaru and pretty soon you're seeing white Subarus everywhere because it's something that is now gained your attention, something that you are focused on, something that you are aware of. So you will see it everywhere. As always, we're about taking action. So as we end this discussion and the thoughts for the day, I hope your inspiration is to stop for a minute, look at what is feeling magnified in your life right now, what's really big for you, and then decide if that's the side of the coin you want to look at, decide if that needs to shift for you. And that would be your challenge for this week. What thought pattern needs to shift and then work on it every single day, actually, you know, moment to moment to moment, as you notice your thoughts, become aware of when that thought pattern brings up that emotion that that might be negative and sending you down the wrong path and then flex that muscle, flex that muscle. This is the practice, the mindset practice for getting those mental muscles to create and attract the reality that you really want. So thank you so much for being here. You know that you can find all the show notes, Jessica's contact information on loveyourstorypodcast.com. Hit the podcast link, go to this episode. It'll all be right underneath there. And 
share this podcast with somebody that you know that it could bless their life. One of the things that I love most about the podcast is I'll be talking to somebody and they will bring something up. Maybe they have just gone through an eating disorder or they know they're worried about someone who is on suicide watch or they are going through a divorce. And I know that I have all these podcast episodes, these shows that are there with so much great information in them. So I just send them a link. I can do it on my phone really fast. I'm going to, you know, share an episode and it really blesses people's lives. So if you're looking for random acts of kindness to do or just good that you can be creating in the world, share the podcast episodes and send inspiration every day to people who might need it and be blessed by it. Thank you for being here. I so much appreciate the loyal listeners of this show, all that you are and all that you do, all the good that you create in the world. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks.